Welcome to Overhead Space, where business leaders learn about the new dynamics of our changing world so they can grow their companies within it. My name is Jane Cavalier, longtime business and brand strategist, and I'm your host as we speak with some incredible people from business, academia, philanthropy, entertainment, government, technology, and more. You'll hear extraordinary insights and real-world experiences that will broaden your mind, inspire new thinking, and hopefully help you connect the dots in new ways. One of the reasons I love doing overhead space is it gives me the opportunity to introduce you to some fascinating people. And today I'm here with one of those people, Lucy and James, strategist, coach, and expert on fear, who today joins us from Paris. Lucien is one of my favorite modern thinkers, and we've worked together on some terrific projects over the years. I find his thinking bold, bright, empathetic, and deeply insightful. And he brings a combination of clarity and imagination that I find very provocative. Lucien works with leaders of creative industries to simplify and streamline their work using a fascinating combination of strategic planning, mindset training, and performance coaching. He helps people get to the next level by mastering the fear and resistance that gets in the way, something that is very hard for each of us to see. His work is partly inspired by Japanese traditions of fearlessness, particularly martial arts and Zen. And in this interview, Lucien will help us to learn about the ways our fear can negatively impact performance, imagination, and strategy, especially in our new post-pandemic world. Welcome, Lucien, and thanks for being here. Hi, Jane. What kind of challenges do you think this brings to business leaders? I think there's a lot of challenges. The ones that I'm talking to to my clients about is, you know, what people are really going to need is more imagination and more strategy. Um, both of those things become important. So, you know, imagination to think beyond the fear and the uncertainty to clearly grasp the opportunities that are there. And more strategy since every part of every business, even a, a relatively minor part that may not have been critical before, now needs to be fully thought through because that small detail may be the difference between your business surviving and your business not making it through. One of the things I, I deal with a lot is fear, and um, particularly how fear can narrow the imagination, make you risk averse, make you avoidant, make you stick to the same old patterns. And the thing that I think is most critical now is being able to think, you know, beyond <clears throat> beyond anything we've done before. So this has really kind of torn up every kind of script of the way we live, the way we used to live. And some things will return quickly, some things less quickly. But unless we can really have the imagination to think about how to completely rebuild the business if necessary, then we're going to be caught more in old habits than really kind of seizing whatever whatever might emerge from this a lot of rules are being rewritten and you know there's there's opportunities in all of those gaps for the people who are thinking big enough what are you observing in your clients that you haven't seen before a lot of a certain kind of stress there's there's a point at which the sort of everyday stress that leaders deal with tips over into a certain kind of um i mean i study psychology a lot so it's, it's kind of a certain kind of low-level trauma where you're losing a sense of safety for the business and for yourself. And I think in these kinds of environments, one of the most important things for all leaders is, is some measure of self-care. Um, so just the ability to just 
sleep well, eat well, drink water. <laughs> they sound very basic, but one of the things that I'm constantly surprised by is, you know, big leaders with big lives expect that they need very complicated solutions to any of the challenges that they have. And sometimes the answers are incredibly simple. Um, so getting back to the basics of really looking after yourself is very fundamental. Otherwise, you know, it's a lot easier to spin out of control um, at times like this with so many things moving around than it ever has been in the past. Let's talk a little bit about some of the interesting creative innovations we've seen. Obviously, the you know, in the healthcare, the enormous success of telehealth as people sort of got over all the barriers that were in the way of telehealth being able to be deployed has been a big success. A lot of interesting telesocializing, um, you know, curbside delivery. What are some of the things that come to your mind or any examples that you want to share of interesting innovations that have resulted? Um, I've noticed something interesting. A lot of my clients work in the entertainment industry, so TV and film, mm. uh, and a little bit connected to what I was mentioning earlier. Uh, the there's a big need to fill the schedules for late for, for late summer and fall, um, especially on TV. And so there's a lot of people pitching ideas from home. And, uh, you know, pitching is fine when you've got the adrenaline going and you're in the office and, you know, you kind of read up to pitch the creative idea. It's a lot harder when you're doing it from home. Mm. So, um, there, you know, I've been working a lot on preparing clients for big pitches, you know, really getting their adrenaline levels up and getting them to, you know, the professional mode that you're naturally in when you're in the office, but you may not be in if you're, you know, pottering around at home with a, you know, maybe a child who's likely to walk in at any minute. So there's a lot of sort of professionalism around presentation, mm. um, which is a huge, I think, growth market for, for everything. And what I keep finding, and it surprises me, is, is, the, is sort of the lack of, um, the lack of understanding, even among sort of politicians and, and, and people who, are, who should be much more media savvy, about the importance of what it means to look okay on a Zoom screen. You know, mm. there are a lot of people with, you know, baskets of laundry in the background and, you know, weak backgrounds. They don't see it, but the people watching the interview with them notice those kinds of things. So there's a lot about uh, presentation, performance, and just that ability to create some energy, uh, the kind of energy you would have naturally in a business meeting in the less adrenalized circumstances of, of working from home. And I think that also there's been some interesting innovation in the performing art, art space. There's a museum here in uh, the States called the Barnes Museum. And um, they decided that you know, since it was closed, they were going to do something called Barnes Daily Takeout. They never used their YouTube channel. I mean, they were a very well-established museum. Why would they use YouTube? And they decided once a day uh, at noon to release a very simple sort of, you know, two to three minute analysis on a single piece of art. And their YouTube views went from 400 to 4,000 in 30 days. There's so much simple creativity that uh, people, that, that's coming out of this. The, the Tate Modern uh, Gallery in London 
you know, they just did a, bit, a really simple Twitter campaign where they basically said, you know, you can't come in and look at our art, so show us what's on your walls. <laughs> so people were just sending pictures of anything that was on the walls at home. Um, and it's such a, you know, talk about imagination. That's not a big creative idea. You know, the budget for it is zero, but it's just a really neat way to to be creative, to get people talking, to, you know, create conversation around the around the tape you're an expert really when it comes to fear tell me a little bit about it what really what is fear and and what does it do to us i've always been fascinated by martial arts and one of the things that martial arts has taught me is how to be incredibly calm under incredible amounts of pressure there's almost a reverse relationship the more the pressure goes up the more calm you become And I've always been fascinated by that mindset. And what I'm noticing in the 21st century, the pressure is cranked up to such an extent that everybody, you know, to an extent, experiencing the same kind of fear that a martial artist or a boxer or a fighter might experience facing an opponent. Um, And fear, you know, you can see fear in, in very different ways. You know, there's the sort of psychology of fear and feeling afraid. But I'm particularly interested in the physiology of fear. So that really is something like stage fright, when your body freezes up or you're stumbling over your words or you're unable to speak or you're just not doing a great presentation because, you know, your body is tense and tight and you're just not not being relaxed and creative. So what I focus on particularly is, you know, when I work with leaders is helping them access those places where they can be both under incredible amounts of pressure, but not feel it, uh, not feel the fear, and be be not uh, uh, be not sort of shrunken or tightened up because of the uh, environment that they're in. Um, and in martial arts, there's just so you know it, it's the it's the defining skill of martial arts is to be you know aware and available and calm and loose while you know doing uh, while tolerating enormous amounts of fear. So I find that endlessly fascinating and incredibly relevant to the world that we live in. And your and your weekly digest. Talk talk to me a little bit about fearless strategies. Why you decided to read it? What you're hoping to do with it? So yeah, so I'm uh, I'm writing a book about fear, and uh, as I was coming across all of these um, kind of interesting little nuggets, I thought it would be interesting and also motivating for me to continue to write the book to just share them with people as I went. So it's a weekly uh, short newsletter with one or maybe two ideas about how we can all be more fearless in the 21st century under the kinds of, you know, corporate pressures and business pressures and just daily pressures of of contemporary life. Um, It draws enormously from Japan because, you know, there's so much, there's so much wisdom there. so yeah, so I send it out every week and it's just uh, something, I, w- I like it to be practical. So there's always something you can use and something you can try and something you can play around with. It's interesting that something so old can be so relevant today. You say there's a lot of wisdom there. Talk a little about yeah. that. For all kinds of reasons, Japan has developed just a very good understanding of how to manage fear. Um, there's, you know, the whole martial arts tradition is about managing fear. The whole of Zen Buddhism is essentially managing fear. And there's, um, 
a sort of morality and a discipline that's that, that comes from all of that which means that there are so many you know just basic tools that are that are known and used in japan that don't reach the west very easily mm. um so i just find an enormous resource of uh of ideas of pra- both practical ideas and bigger sort of concepts um I mean, the example of Aikido is a good example. So, you know, the martial art of Aikido, the the whole discipline of Aikido is when you're facing an opponent, if your opponent is pushing towards you, you essentially get out of the way and so that they fall flat on their face. You don't push back. So it's using the energy of an opponent, not, not to push back against them, but to sort of use their energy and create something with it. So there's something very harmonious and very powerful about that and it saves a lot of energy a lot of resistance and that's one of just many many ways that um, i'm just inspired by how japan goes about tolerating fear and managing fear and actually you know creating amazing things from fear i like the way that you talk about it and sort of sort of the ecosystem of energy with aikido yeah it's like how do you use all the energy that's around you negative energy can be useful positive and as positive yeah. energy, you know what to do with yeah. that well people try and avoid fear because the fear is scary but if you lean into it you can create incredible things with it and you know w- what you learn from martial arts is that fear is just part of the journey and if you can get through fear and get to the other side of it you've created something incredible um, you know, fear is not is not a sign that something's wrong. It's a sign that something important is happening often. Um, so when I work with performers, you know, they can be terrified walking on stage, but they know, you know, it's a they know that they want to be there doing what they most love, but they're having a physiological reaction to the circumstances. Um, so it's quite intense, all of this, and it, it's very underused. This idea of performance anxiety, you know, we. We associate it with actors, but it afflicts everybody. You know, any kind of any kind of business presentation you're doing, something that because you were afraid you didn't rehearse it properly, or you didn't fully prepare yourself, or you weren't mentally prepared, all of that can, you know, have quite serious consequences. You can lose the pitch, you can do a bad meeting, you can, you know, all of this stuff can. It's a performance like any other, but we don't prepare for it in that way, including understanding you know where to put your attention and where to put your mind so that you don't feel afraid i think you know one of the big topics that i deal with is you know adrenaline management everything you know everything in the contemporary age is really around adrenaline um we we're sort of abusing our adrenaline levels to astonishing degrees and so you know we get burnt out very quickly um and just to be able you know, what this reset has done has allowed us to sort of de-trigger our adrenaline levels. So we're getting, we're getting back to a stage where we can, you know, rest and digest and relax and, um, you know, really restore some parts of our bodies that may not have been restored for a long time. Um, so that's an important part of this as well, you know, our relationship with, with, um, with adrenaline. On our final question, you're, you know, when we step back and we think about the entrepreneurs or the, you know, the 50 million small businesses here in the U S or the millions of artists or independent business people who are in the gig economy, you know, out there on their own, 
trying to make their way in this very uncertain world where, you know, the risk is probably higher than it's ever been. What, what advice do you have for them? The danger is in thinking the world is completely unmoored because that will make you much more unmoored. The world may be completely unmoored or it may be the opposite. You know, it may be fine. So one of the most important ways to navigate through this is not to lean too heavily on this is an incredible opportunity or this is a total disaster or this means something important about a new age that's dawning. All of those are, you know, hypotheses and they're interesting but one of the things that you learn from you know martial arts in japan is is not to not to make any assumptions because in making any assumptions you're going to miss you're going to lean too heavily on a certain set of data and what you really need is a is an incredibly clear-sighted view of exactly what's in front of you without labeling it really really good or really really bad or really scary or really anything um, it's a question of seeing it clearly without emotions so that you can uh, respond in the most uh, creative way. I would think that would take a lot of clarity and centering. I mean, to get that clarity, mm -hmm. it's not easy. It's not. It's not because we naturally, you know, as human beings, we're, you know, meaning making machines. So we want to, we want to make sense of this. We want to make meaning of something. Um, but again, you know, one of the big things that all, you know, all fighters, all martial artists uh, learn is to stay open to any possibility. Um, if you, you know, sometimes when I work with fighters, if they're, you know, if they're trained in a certain way, then it, they're going to always respond in the same way and your opponent is going to know exactly how you typically respond, so know how to respond to that. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a tough challenge, but the more emotion you can take out of it and the more sort of labeling you can take out of it in terms of this is very, very good or very, very bad, the more opportunities appear in terms of how to move forward. Well, thank you, Lucian. Thought-provoking as always. I, I look yeah. forward to hearing your thoughts from Fearless Strategies each week as I'm a loyal reader. Thanks for joining me. Great. And stay safe. Thank you very much, Shane. Thank you. You have been listening to Overhead Space. Hosted by Jane Cavalier, CEO and President of Brightmark Consulting. To read more from Overhead Space or to listen to more podcasts, visit www.brightmarkconsulting.com and check out the social media links below. Thank you for listening, and I hope you will join us again for Overhead Space, business and branding insights to grow your company in the new world. <laughs>